0: Welcome into Celtics late night. Jake Eisenberg is here. Jake, we weren't gonna do it. We weren't gonna do a late show, but the Celtics they beasted their way After. to a 127-120 overtime win against the T Wolves. Jake, man, that was an electric victory, dude. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Ben. Oh. I'm doing good, Ben. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Win of the season potentially. I, they look this win. It had it had it all. You got. You got first quarter JB, you got Anthony Edwards and JB going back and forth. And then, I mean, this is this is Tatum's best game of the year, like pretty comfortably. Like, it may not be best win of the season, but this JT performance, I mean, I had Tatum's over 22 and a half points in like my same game parlay and like, oh, you nice. those five points after the uh, first quarter. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, didn't need to worry too much about that because he had 26 in the fourth and overtime. But man, look, Nikhil Alexander-Walker hits a layup 104.95 with four minutes and nine seconds to go. And Ben, you're thinking, maybe let's
0: we don't need to do late night. Delete the stream, delete the graphic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No no need to prepare for a late night show. Who's going to rock up to a, a late night show after a dreary loss like this, where it's Nikhil Alexander-Walker and slow-mo Carl Anderson, fourth quarter masterclass, scoring all the points, getting Dude. all the stops and just taking it to the seas. And then it's probably a good place to start, Jake, is that juncture of the game, down nine, four, and change remaining. They come out of that timeout, and it's like Tatum, I think it was Scal or or Mike Gorman on the call, being like, they've got to go for three here. Nope. Tatum, straight downhill. Two points, mini-score at the other end, but then it's a big, big-ass Horford three at the end of a D-wide assist, one of the few good things that Derek White did in this game, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, and then next play, Anthony Edwards dribbles it up his foot. Okay, yeah. finally a stop, and then th- things get rolling from there. JB gets to the line a couple of times um, and then gets to the free-throw line, miss the second, huge oh. offensive rebound, swing, hey, swing. Derek. Drew Holiday in the corner. The hero in the corner. Oh my God. Up two. And then we get another controversial potential... You know, overruling there, where Derek White gets his hand up, it looked pretty good, but I guess his feet weren't set. But he did look—he got to the ball first. He got to the ball. Yeah, the ball. exactly. I thought that this
1: this would be maybe the moment uh, justice was going to be served. Not a day That's later. That's right.
0: Yeah, referees, uh, you owe us. You owe us, guys. Yeah. It's time. It's time for vindication <laughs> uh, and redemption. But it wasn't. And uh, Anthony Edwards—he uh, makes them. We get a look at a you know another sort of pretty crappy. Game-winner attempt there from one of the Jays. In this oh, case, it was Tatum, and he goes I mean, to overtime.
1: I thought it was good. Like, like eight seconds left, no timeouts. Get down, like, no timeouts. You get downhill. Like, mm-hmm. man, he's been pretty good on the mid-range this season. Like, he's, like, 44% on the mid-range this season. But, man, when is he going to get one of these, like, game-winners to go? Because they all are, like, in and out. And it just would have been, like, well, question. Would you rather the game-winner regulation go in or we get, like, the... Think that just the explosion in the in the overtime where he gets downhill on on towns, and then you get the like the, the game winning the game sealing three pointer on the he's kind of like bouncing on his toes, and we get the mean mug.
0: <laughs> like, you, you can't really go wrong. Well, like when when's the last time we had a, a Tatum game winner or like a Celtics game winning buzzer yeah. beating shot? Like it was maybe Tatum, Tatum against well, the Tatum Knicks. Quiet. Oh yeah, sure, okay, yes. But I'm not sure if that counts. That's no. Well, yeah, that's one of those weird ones it exists yeah. in, in limbo in terms of self fandom and how, how we feel about that given the outcome of that series but look I didn't really like the look just because of the history of those attempts those like contested mid-range attempts I mean we saw it with Jalen like a game ago right where that led to some terrible feelings that have been laying sort of I won't say dormant but like inside of us for the, for the last couple of days but anyway they go to overtime and like, Jesus. maybe talk us through it, Jay, cause it's just, it's Tatum time. Like, yeah, we had some good I mean, moments from JB. He was aggressive getting downhill, getting to the line a few times as well, but like Jason Tatum just owned the fuck out of overtime.
1: Well, look, I, I gotta, if in, I know a few of you here are in the playback room, but I think this, you gotta you got to see the last oh, 47 awesome. seconds. I've got it queued up here for, this, nice. this is what I was feeling. <laughs> Take him, JT. The Giannis stepping back to charge.
2: That's a foul. That's a foul. To
1: the basket, he gets Oh,
2: doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that.
0: Yes, sir. Come on, Holiday. Holliday. KT. time. Come on. Let's, in. Let's, in. Let's go. Let's fucking go! Yes, sir. Come on!
1: Bring that Lakers fan back oh in this chat. God. Come in here. Yeah, where is
0: Lakers fan? Come on. 10
2: points
0: here in the overtime. Woo! Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I wish I was there. That looks so, so much fun, dude. That's awesome. Uh, that was me. Uh, well, actually, I had a meeting during overtime. I, I didn't watch it live, so that was not me. But um, even re-watching it after the fact, um... So much fun. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat here. I've, I've seen mentioned we've got multiple fills in the chat. Shout out to yeah. all the fills filling yeah, up a lot the of chat you. room, if you will. Oh, um, boy. Here we go. And look, while you're here, like, the, the vibes are high. Subscribe to the First of the floor YouTube channel if you're new here. Like the stream. Like, if you just click that button, it's, like, two seconds of your time. It's a twitch of the of the finger or the thumb, Please. depending on your, your trackpad form. And uh, it just puts <laughs> this in front of so many more people who are just going to come in here and get the same good Celtics vibes you guys get. And Jake's got the shades on. Sun is uh, on. I had him on <laughs> by accident to start the stream because it's a beautiful
1: day here in uh, Tasmania. But look, it's only—I was shooting hoops this morning. <laughs> went for a swim. I didn't make nearly as many shots as as Jason Tatum today. But nervous energy. No, I just, no, I just, I just getting them up. I don't know about you. I can't, um, I can't listen to a podcast and shoot hoops because like I can't like do two things at once. Like I just miss mm-hmm. every single shot. So I switched to the tunes. I'm really on like a, a retro, you know, Green Day, Oasis, oh, yeah. Chili Peppers kind of kick at the moment. And then I started knocking them down. But man, <laughs> dude, 45 from JT. I mean, like that's like you know, he has 38 against the Pacers. Obviously, you got a few extra points here in overtime. But um, to drop forty five on the T Wolves, I mean, obviously they're missing Gobert and, and Conley, but we're missing Porzingis, who I think I've just I'm just decided that he's the third most important player on this team. Like mm-hmm. watching a game where D White and Drew can struggle. To quote the great uh, Joe Tiddy here, Porzingis has like the lowest variance offense because of the post ups and because of like the high high field goal percentage that he's able to get with some of his looks and you just really miss that in crunch time and just like the defensive um, but yeah the performance of them in the fourth quarter is just like come on
0: yeah, but I mean, you mentioned the defense and both Jays were involved in, in locking Ant down in the fourth quarter and overtime. They, they both did such a good job of that. There was still a huge cat three where it was like both Jays up on Ant late in, I want to say, overtime and they were both sort of swarming on Ant. Just get the ball out of his hands and like your two best defenders, the Jays, like they're approaching their prime, if not in the early stages of their prime, Jays swarming Anthony Edwards. He kicks it to Cat. Cat hits a huge three. They go up three. So many moments in the game where you like fuck no like that's it we can't come back from this especially being down nine with four minutes to go on regulation uh and yet the jays just kept finding ways whether it was defensively uh you know obviously offensively both of them in overtime were incredible like we're, we're celebrating tatum here but like JB Jaylen, got to the yeah. line a couple of times on like kamikaze suicidal uh, <laughs> hope that word doesn't get me banned from YouTube here um, just like charges to the rim reckless uh, and got himself to the line and knocked him down 30 of knocked 31 him down. as dude, a team the- from the line Jake
1: what the heck, dude Luke Cornett he saved it. He saved us ice in his veins. <laughs> yeah. They borrowed some of Luke Cornett's ice in his veins. Dude, thirty from thirty-one, absurd. And look, I'm really excited to go back and watch the fourth quarter because there was a lot of settling in this game in the first few quarters. Uh, JT, like the fact that JT was able to kind of end this game the way that he did when he kind of <laughs> like kind of cruised through the first, uh, especially the first quarter, kind of the second quarter, also the third quarter, and to see him do what he does. In the fourth quarter, to get downhill, get to the line, um, not settle. He's got these guys on a yo-yo, getting back and forth, using screens, getting downhill. Like you love the mentality of these guys in the fourth quarter overtime, and I feel like that's been consistent. Like they you, look, you're going to have to hit big shots from three in the NBA down the stretch. But they, again, in the paces game, you know, getting like getting to the mid-range, like getting to like different spots, and Tatum. I especially I feel like um that, that towns play in overtime, you know, taking these guys and and really using the screens. I'm excited to go back and watch. Like mm. getting some getting McDaniels and getting Edwards just a little bit off them as opposed to just going straight up ISO like they did in overtime in the first Wolves matchup. Let let Horford, the big beautiful man, set him set a beautiful screen and just <laughs> get a little get a little bit on the hip and then attack. Especially when there's no go bear. Like get downhill and get to the rim like it was
0: This is glorious. So much to unpack there. Like Al was awesome. I want to save Al for later because it's just like to be expected (laughs) at this point. But uh, it was nice to see Tatum kind of win the battle against Jaden McDaniels eventually. He certainly wasn't early in the game. He was certainly causing, you know, a lot of grief for for both Jays, but particularly Tatum. He's like one of a short list of players who can really discombobulate Jason Tatum and stopping him from getting the looks that he wants and even getting into the actions that generate the looks that he wants and he was doing that early in this game but then foul trouble like good clever work by the Celtics to be like oh okay you want that smoke let's get you into the action let's tempt you get you some early fouls and that's exactly what happened and he wasn't even a factor late in the game because he I think he fouled out or he had five fouls he fouled out right
1: he fouled out but his fifth foul he he actually had some really bad moments like he was part of the reason why Derek White got that offensive rebound and -hmm. then he also had that take foul on tape yeah, for right. the fifth foul. And McDaniels, as good as he can be, he can be quite volatile. And, you know, he you know, he broke his hand punching a wall. He had the clay uh, dust up earlier in the season where they, you know, go back and forth which leads to the, um, the Draymond Green choking situation. He is volatile, and it felt like for whatever he airballed a three also down the stretch as well. Whereas in that first matchup, he like could not miss. But yeah, like mm-hmm. this T Wolves team, you know, I know there was no go bear. Conley obviously they didn't have as well. But like, the, I, always, I say it all the time: the best way to beat the Celtics is to like to slow the Celtics down you know, JT and JB discombobulate them. These guys have wing defenders for days. Like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker has been an, just a menace all year long. Great wing defender. Slow-mo, another good defender. I mean, fuck slow-mo, dude. Like, he, w- he was ridiculous in this game. Like, the defense yeah. was really good, forcing the ball out of the hands of, of Towns and out of the hands of Edwards, and then only to be kicked to to Kyle, to Kyle Anderson with five to seven seconds left on the shot clock. And he's hitting, like, these – that's where he was horizontal when he hit some of these shots, like o- over <laughs> yeah. over Al Horford. And like, what did he end up on the on the night? Like, he was he was ridiculous. He was
0: especially um, in the fourth six, quarter.
1: Twelve, yeah, down the stretch when you're trying to come back down nine, it's just like every yeah, every 17. time 17, yeah, 17 five points. and eight. Yeah, dude, <laughs> That's crazy, incredible. There was a reason why Celtics fans really wanted to trade for this guy. He was like, he's a really really good player. Yeah. Um, Whoa, big, big, big take from Tony in the chat here. I'm not sold on the Wolves. I honestly think if we can meet them in the finals, it's a sweep. I can't get there. Uh, yeah. I'm, I can't get I, there. But I
0: think we can I, win. <laughs> I, I'm quite taken with the Wolves. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I can say that now in hindsight now that we won. But that's a that's a stressful matchup. And the, the mm-hmm. second quarter, the third quarter, and this is credit to both teams' defense, absolute slugfest. Like, at one point, the Celtics scored one field goal in I think it was like seven minutes. And their lead only reduced by three points because both teams were just going so hard in the paint, literally defensively, um, and just like flying across screens, uh, getting out to closeouts, you know, just really aggressive on both ends. And, you know, for a while there, it looked like the Wolves had us. It looked like their defense was a step above ours. They were more in tune uh, and in sync with one another. And it just felt like for whatever reason, we were just taken so out of our rhythm offensively that that kind of... Eventually translated to the defensive side, and yeah. I was worried for the fate and the outcome of this game. And again, going back to it because it's, so, it's so crazy. Down nine, four <laughs> yeah, minutes th- to go, and like you talk about the rewatch, Jake. What is more fun than putting yeah. on a game you know the outcome? Let's start here. Four minutes to go, down nine, and watch, oh. and you just you know what's going to happen. There's nothing more enjoyable than rewatching a game from from that perspective. But um, Dude. yeah, cre- credit to the T Wolves defense, man. That's insane oh, today.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and like. This fourth quarter, like I was almost, I had almost just been like, okay, look, we're gonna lose this game, but I thought the Celtics have played well in this fourth quarter. I think the defense has been good; they're just knocking down like tough contested shots. The Jays are are getting big buckets down the stretch. It's just like the Wolves are just punishing, punishing, kill shot, kill shot. But the mentality of this team, dude. Again, I was someone who early in the season when people would be like. This team loses this game last year. I pushed back. I thought it was too early to say, but this is a game that last year's team loses, and yes. it wouldn't even—it wouldn't have even been like, you know, that big of like big of a deal. Like this is a, just a tough loss, and they happen in the NBA. But like, they, this mentality, dude. What was the spirited. quote I Spirited. The mentality of this team. I saw Tatum's uh quote and Joe's been saying this all season long like I need these guys to be open-minded. I need these guys to be like accept that it's not going to go right. Bad mm-hmm. shit's going to happen and just be like that's fine, accept it, be ready for it and then let's move forward and fight back. And Tatum as well like that he said that in the post-game press conference was like you got to be open-minded. And Tatum man, he's like he's so coachable. Like he he or he took on the Bradisms of never too high, never too low. Like it used to be like one of his his like favorite things, and now to hear, I think I don't I don't watch every post game press conference, but this is the first time I've noticed him use the word open minded, buying mm-hmm. into the the Joe Mazur thing, which I think is a great philosophy. It's like you're gonna play awesome defense, and fucking Nikhil Alexander Walker and Carl Anderson are gonna hit shot after shot after shot in your face, and you just got to be like, all right. Stick with it. Keep playing hard on defense. Eventually, you're going to get stops. We're getting what we want on the other end. And eventually, the dam broke. And
0: <laughs> yeah, you, dude, you get this. Buy-in is at the foundation level of the, like the NBA team importance pyramid. Without buy-in, <laughs> there's no point continuing to scale the pyramid because nothing that sits above that matters. Without the team buying in, we've, we've seen this uh, at scale uh, on a number of teams and the opposite of that, the antithesis, is the Lakers where and we've got some issues now with Darvin Ham. Love to see it from a schadenfreude perspective where there's no yes. buy-in and he's tried to implement some, some new offensive and de- defensive philosophies. Uh, no. No one's picking up what he's putting down and the record um, you know reflects that essentially but with the Celtics you know Joe he's his laying down his philosophies and you started to see that like you said articulated by the players in front of the press which is one of the ultimate indicators of buy-ins when you start to almost hear the coach's words come out of the players mouth and speaking of the coach we've got some remarks from Joe Mazzulla about the late game execution in this one
2: Joe you were down nine with about four minutes to go and then you outscored them 32-60 the rest of the way, what went into that big of a turnaround? Uh, game management. Sometimes when you're down, it's a really good team, and when you're when you uh, when you have a lead and then you lose a lead, you can have a tendency to play sped up basketball and play a little. Uh, uh, panicky basketball. And I thought um, there, was, there was distinct moments of brilliance when we just got to our spacing, attacked the right matchup, and made the right play for the team. And I knew if we could just uh, get back to that, uh, just manage our spacing, manage the matchup, make the play, we didn't need to try to win the game on one possession. So I thought our guys did a great job uh, just regaining our poise, regaining um, just our spacing, and uh, we were able to execute. And then I thought we had some big big-time, big-time rebounds, big-time stops down the stretch.
0: Moments of brilliance, Jake. Can we rename the podcast, the Moments of Brilliance show? <laughs> I feel like it's more in tune with this year's team.
1: Man, I dude, Julius in the chat. I like Joe. I like Joe too, man. And Same, man. Like while while we're on Joe, like I mean, he before the game, uh, with a little fuck you to the uh, to the NBA. Oh yeah, about, you caught that. Yeah, yeah. Talking about you know, hey guys, what you never asked me what my favorite uh, scene in in the town is. And it's the, the last scene where the, he leaves the note on the FBI agent's windscreen and it's just, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Which was just a perfectly <laughs> crafted way to tell the NBA, go fuck yourself. And dude, this, he's a little psychopath. And yeah. that mentality, I think, like people underrate that about him. He's bringing that to this team. Like Tatum saying, we've got a great memory. We remember playing these guys in Minnesota like I'm excited for the for the thunder to come into the garden as well um because these guys apparently remember this shit. and I'm very comfortable saying that this team mentality wise is different man like the EMA team didn't even have this dude like the, the this this team in the fourth quarter this season again the players are always different this team in the fourth quarter in the clutch is way better than the EMA team. And part of mm. that's Porzingis, but Porzingis was not there tonight. And this was like one of the best fourth quarter clutch time performances we've seen from this team.
0: I think it helps that the Jays are two years older and two years distanced from their early 20s. Uh, I use my early 20s as a reference point there, even though (laughs) it's probably irrelevant when talking about NBA superstars. Um, We do have another remark from Joe here as well, and this relates to all of you, particularly those local to the the Boston area. So there's been
2: two times that I've uh, actually showed like I have a pulse, and um, tonight was not one of them, and it's because of the crowd. And and, uh, I'm not going to say... We're 18 and 0 uh, at home uh, without that, and so like to me. talked about this before a little bit like we want to create this identity of playing Celtic basketball because the fans are really smart and they know when we suck and they know when we don't and they've seen great basketball for a long period of time so um, usually if they're cheering it's because you're doing something right and I think over the course of this season they've seen moments of greatness they've seen moments of Celtic basketball and um, they've like responded to that really well and I think that's had a huge impact on our team and to me from especially being from here like there's nothing better than getting the the garden the crowd uh, to appreciate Celtic basketball and so I think the connectivity between us and the identity of the city and the identity of the arena um, is, is kind of building something for us. And, and tonight specifically, even when we did suck, which we did at times, they did a good job of keeping us in it. And I think that's important to have that relationship with the crowd and with the city.
1: Dude, I got tingles. I know. I got tingles. <laughs> Me too. Here we go. Jump. <laughs> and then like this home thing, 18 and home, that is like, crazy dude and like some big this is the second overtime win at home and i'm not sure i can give full credit to the crowd for this one but the crowd definitely factor in this one tatum in like the the immediate post game on the sideline after the game like him talking about like um the crowd started getting going in the back of my mind is like the undefeated streak i'm not ready for this undefeated streak to be over yeah um, the The Pistons game, they're down twenty at halftime. The crowd's booing, like Philly. Philly boos, which I think it's important for home crowds to boo at times. But I think it's important to boo when necessary. I mm-hmm. think Philly is too quick on the trigger with, with booing. Um, but the Celtics crowd absolutely should have been booing this team at the halftime of the Pistons game. And I gave I give full credit to the to the to the Celtics crowd for that Pistons win. And it becomes this self fulfilling prophecy, like. You are 18 and 0 at home. The crowd wants us to be 18 and 0 at 18 and 0 at home, and mm-hmm. then the players start feeling it. You go to the playoffs. Everybody knows it's nobody wins in Boston. And it, it just becomes like this thing that everybody starts to talk about and believe. And next thing you know, we're fucking gonna break that record and go undefeated at home in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, we will back home in a couple of days against Imei Doka's Rockets yeah. to defend that. Like that's a that's a spicy little situation there. Uh, and we will not unpack the Ime situation any further. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to hear that, go back to you know a couple of days ago's podcast, yesterday's pod, in fact, and and you can hear our, our thoughts on that. Uh, I suppose we should start to run down the list of like miscellaneous notes, Jake. We've kind of sure. gotten to the the core moments of the game. Um, I saw Tatum. This is like my most recently written miscellaneous note. Grabbing his wrist in mm. overtime. This I know this is very me to like get angsty it about is. like potential injuries, but did you see <laughs> that as well? I obviously didn't I impact did. him, but um, the wrist thing has been a concern stretching over numerous seasons now.
1: Well, so it happened. There was. Did you say it was early? Because I, I that was when someone in the playback stream pointed it out to me. Was like he was grabbing his his wrist early, but then uh. like the T wolves scored, and like he like grabbed it, he inbounded it, and then was like quick. Like he didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. I just think like it's probably it, it probably hurts, but I don't know. I don't think it, it is. A, it's a real thing. I don't think it matters. Like he mm-hmm. just look look. I, yeah, I I don't know. Do you need anything else after what seeing what he did? I guess throughout the game. Like it was, it, it was, it, hurt, <laughs> I hurt. Guess it not. was hurt. It was hurt early. And then he was able to like be a two way, like legit top one guy in the NBA down the f- fourth quarter and overtime against like some of the best wing defenders in the league, I think. Um, and knock down all his free throws. So it's like, mm-hmm. even uh, when he takes a, takes a second to stop and maybe feel that the wrist is sore, still able to knock down all of them except for maybe one important one. But um, I liked Joe's strategy there to like actually. Tell him to miss that one, Joe yeah. White crashing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know right. a, 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 a that was the
2: strategy. call, right?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like we drew it up. Uh, like drew it up. What, yeah, I mean, like, all I need from the rest is sixteen wins in the playoffs. That's I yeah. maintain that stance. Uh, what I'm, do you got?
1: Uh, I'm a uh, Jalen Brown held Anthony Edwards to one for a seven in the fourth quarter in overtime. I forget if did we talk about that yet? Um, but uh, not
0: specifically. We just talking uh, yeah, about the good like, defense all around.
1: That one for a seven fourth quarter overtime, whereas last game in Minnesota, that was a problem. And went, like, toe-to-toe uh, with the Jays and, and came out on top. And, you know, JB talking about him being his little brother, talking about, again, the mentality of this team. Like, mm-hmm. they're taking shit personally. And, you know, Tatum heard this shit about SGA and Hallibur and Anthony Edwards and, like, um, JB talking about how, what happened last game seeing what Anthony Edwards likes to do every night he likes to go against the big the big names and the big teams and JB was like any other night I'm happy for my little brother to get that done but I was thinking it's not happening tonight and what did Anthony Edwards end up with for the game here because like I I definitely he hit some monster shots but 11 for 25 like honestly that's still to do that against this Celtics defense is still impressive three for six for three. And it felt like Edwards hit some big shots, but, but when it mattered fourth quarter overtime, uh, when the defense cranked up from the, and it was, I love that the Jays, man, like as good as holiday and white, are. I've talked, talked about how I think JT is our best isolation defender. Like, when the chips are down, but when JB's locked in as well, they just have the size. It's similar to the way that Tatum and Jalen struggle with dealing with guys like Jalen McDaniels or even getting switched on to Bam Adebayo or Jamon Green. Like there's just like these, these possessions down the stretch, guys that are big, athletic, strong, and have like that combination of the athleticism are so hard to deal with. And when JB's locked in like that and has been all season long, tough to deal with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, the biggest knock on Ant's game, maybe the five turnovers and two of them yeah. in overtime, which is like five minutes of play. So uh, hugely impactful. And I think, yeah, we had JB <laughs> defending him or one of the Jays uh, throughout that entire stretch and overtime. And yeah, I mean, JT, obviously the better defender through and through. But if oh. JB has that like narrative based empowerment where like he understands his role in this like broader story and narrative and and why it matters and why that matchup matters and like no one is more locked in than JB in those moments and he definitely was feeling that I was feeling it watching these guys uh, in this game so as far as other misc points uh the refereeing still kind of questionable it it wasn't like a well you know the the pre-game meeting between the refs you know these guys had a rough experience with our department in the corporation of the NBA, so we're gonna make sure, that like, we bring the good stuff and make sure we ref a fair game, a consistent game. Um, none of the above happened, Jake.
1: Dude, the fact the the Anthony Edwards grabbing Tatum's jumping like the the tapping arm. Yeah. What is yeah? What is what? that, dude? I, I I didn't think that the refs were especially good on either side. Uh, I like I thought that the, the but like. The, the, the refereeing is just terrible at the moment. um yeah, and, but that was like probably the most egregious one was like there's one thing to look at. It's right in front of you. There's like nothing else happening off the ball. And as soon as you threw it up, you you missed like the play started and point three seconds later, you've missed like the most blatantly obvious thing that could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was that was ridiculous uh, miscellaneous thing from the box score. Turnovers, one, the Celtics only had eight total turnovers for the game. Pretty good. But Jalen and Jason combined for three, so Jalen had two. Tatum had one. Like, Tatum Tatum had that stretch earlier in the year where everybody was like, what's going on with Tatum? And then the, the negative on-off stuff. Some of that was the miss shooting, but so much of that was like him leading the league in like turnovers across that stretch. He's really cleaned the, the turnovers up lately. And for him to have a game like tonight where there's like all these wing defenders that are like nabbing at his ankles and for him to not turn the ball over. Like when he's not turning the ball over and he's getting shots up on goal, he's just impossible to stop. So like the low turnovers, that's like the, one of the most important pieces for the playoffs is like the Miami PTSD turnover things. Mm-hmm. And like to have games like this tonight in high leverage
0: situations without
1: turnovers. I love it, Ben. I love it a lot.
0: Yeah. You know what else is awesome? JT's three-point shooting percentage yeah. on the season. Not not even a recent trend on the season. Do you know what it's up to now?
1: 37.4, is that
0: right? It's 37 flat per cleaning the okay. glass. So, that like r- okay. rules out garbage time. So, maybe that rules out that like awesome late game three he had in Philly, uh, in Indiana a couple of games ago. But 37, right. a, a clean and pure cleaning the glass stat, factoring out heaves and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. An 37%. ethical 37%. That, that's right. Exactly. Well put. And then Jalen Brown, just... a a smidge under 36% as well so it's, it's, happening. it's happening it's happening coming up
1: this is well this is the thing like like these guys have been so good all season long but like the one thing that hasn't quite been there is a three point shot and it's like if that mm-hmm. comes I mean then like forget about it and actually thinking about like the, the I don't know the narrative of the season the ebbs and flows like this season the story really has been Porzingis Derek White Al Horford Those really Derek White and Porzingis, like those two guys. Drew Holiday's been great as well, but Derek and Porzingis have been like really lifting up this team and exceeding expectations massively. And you know, JJ Reddick curses Derek White, which we've covered extensively. Um, The curse continued. A lot uh, tonight. Yeah, JJ Reddick, enough out of you. Um,
0: obviously obviously <laughs> we you know, invited him on the show. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean you're, you're still welcome to come on the show, but like you're not allowed to talk about um you're not allowed to have Derek White on the show anymore. Um <laughs> Porzingis obviously out tonight, but lately it's been Tatum and Jalen carrying this team and like the the you know the ebbs and flows of the season. You and you want to see this, like you're superstars, you you notch another like game with Jalen and Jason having 30 apiece as we chase Kobe and Shaq and MJ and Pippen for the the leaders in the 30 and 30 nights. And to see these guys really take it on a night like this, I mean, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, we've had a lot of tools this season. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of tools in the tool bag. But, you know, sometimes (laughs) you just need a fucking hammer and a nail, man. And that's what JT and JB are. And to see all the tools, you know, at the... I'm going to mess up this analogy here, but the parts stripped <laughs> back and whatever the machine is just left to its core parts, which are the Jays, to see them just do their thing and cook without all of those ancillary pieces, which seems like an understatement on the on the value that the other guys have brought, um, but bear with me. Um, that's been awesome. And we've kind of seen that the last couple of games where it's just been stripped back to just the Jays balling while some of these other guys struggle.
1: It's just... Danny Ainge, hey, shout out. Shout out to you, man, for drafting these two guys because, you know, Jalen's been playing, like, some of the best basketball of his career. The the decision-making, I think he's been a, a slightly more out of control uh, the last few games, but, again, he's still looking to make the right play. I mean, Tatum, he's still fucking 25 years old and, like, as good as his team is and, like, just the existence of the Boston Celtics, like, you see the Jays go off like they do tonight and we got more of this to come like mm-hmm. these guys 25 27 years old like we're really just entering the primes of these guys which is scary to think about and you know you think about how far they've come and how far we have to go still like you just you, you love to see it
0: Man, sit back, pour pour that into a glass. Add to the cocktail recipe the fact that the Sixers lost today. That we've got the struggling Bucks tomorrow oh, I mean, um, with a you know chance to go up with a, a five game lead in the standings on them, and uh, Philly are already back further than that. Um, life is good. Life is good. I can't believe good. Jason Tatum is only twenty five years old, dude. It's insane. Uh, before we move on to, I want to get to Derek White because that's yeah. something that is causing me stress in my like, life. <laughs> um, we've got. Just under 100 people here. So, if you're new to the yeah, channel, sure. like, so please subscribe to the show. Also, welcome and thanks for joining us. But make sure you subscribe to the channel, like, leave a comment, engage, help us navigate the algorithm, all that good stuff. Obviously, it's competitive out here. Lots of Celtic shows and they're all great. Um, but we're trying to do our best to, to get our head above water there. So, thank you for that. Uh, Derek White, Jake. So, the JJ Redick pod, oh. six days ago. So, that's the Jazz game onwards. Good for the last yeah. four games. Since then... 39% from the floor, not great. Still somehow 38.5% from three okay. uh, and a plus 10.5 overall. But just one free throw attempt per game, like not nearly as aggressive. Getting downhill, he seems really hesitant. Um, 38% effective field goal percentage, which is no good and not the Derek White that we know. He, he really seems in his head right now. He seems really... Um, discombobulated on both ends, like you would expect him That's, to uphold yeah. things defensively, right? While the shots not falling, so it's like there's almost more to it because he's just he's slacking in in all on all fronts right now. Well,
1: what the hell did JJ Redick do, dude? Because like <laughs> you're absolutely right. Look, the shooting, I honestly kind of thought that. Jericho White was probably due for some kind of shooting slump. He's just been like scorching hot at like 43, 44%. And like, I think it's pretty clear that he's made a real shooting bump after San Antonio. Like, the form's better. We've got a big enough sample size where he's like, you know, 38, 39, 40%, but he's been like at the crazy, crazy clip. So I was ready for that. But it's been the other stuff, like the floater game. He's like really short on all like the weird Derek White floaters that he always makes. Mm -hmm. And then the most confounding thing is the defense. He's like out of position. He's like over helping. It's like very weird. Like the stuff that Derek White, like the got him into the NBA that made him the guy that he is today has been off, which has been like, that's been the weirdest thing. So mm-hmm. the good thing is that's going to, that's going to that's going to even out. That's going to come back. Maybe he should grow hair back. I don't think he has the option, I'm going to guess, uh, to grow the hair back.
0: That, because like, if he could. <laughs> it, can he? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but look, I think, you know, maybe he's saving it for prime time tomorrow. Julius Rickles in the chat here. I like that call. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he, you know, you know, like if you're super hungover, sometimes like that can be actually a, a valuable state of mind. It's like, yeah. Just like, Fuck it dude. I don't care if I've got to do this important thing. I'm just gonna let it fly. Like yeah, one of the th- most this is gonna suck. Yeah. I'm yeah. just gonna do it. <laughs> just gonna let it go. Like I played I played golf on the second day of my uh, bachelor party and one of the best rounds of golf I've ever played in my life because I was just like right. couldn't couldn't care less. I'm just <laughs> I'm just letting letting this thing fly. Um, yeah, and so I maybe maybe tomorrow you, you're dead on your legs, you just gotta play and 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 go against Giannis, a couple of floaters go down and we'll be back on track. I'm not worried about it long term. But um, I'm I'm glad to see everybody kind of pick it up for Deck.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he bounces back. He's so such an important part of the Celtics defense because one of the things that we've done so well this year is peel switching and it's a, it's a standard action in NBA defenses and even in other pro leagues, but the communication that the Celtics have defensively to time those peel switches and like just an example of, of a peel switch is if you get beaten off a screen or caught up on a screen and you end up trailing your man, the defender in the corner will come out of the corner to help and stop their drive to the rim and you'll literally peel off and run to the corner to, to cover that corner man so that's peel switching and if done effectively and with good astute in-sync communication it's done really well and that's how you see sort of no one ever losing their man or if they do no one losing the the, the ball handle the, the driving ball handle the, the rim threat and in this game those two middle quarters it didn't feel like the Celtics were in sync in their switching yep. on that front uh and and it comes down to the the trailing defender, the person who's usually defending the ball handler and the pick and roll, to actually call out that the switch, the, the peel switch, needs to occur. And I just felt like Derek White had his head down. He, mm-hmm. you know, was in his feelings, in his head, and he wasn't really calling that out. And you know, I saw Sam Howes get caught up in a similar action. He called that shit out straight away. So it does seem there's like something more substantial going on with Derek White. But you know, that's life. Right, we all have that in our lives. We all have that in our jobs. It never lasts, usually, for, for most people. So, of all people, I would expect perfect Derek White to be able to pull himself out of that. Maybe it requires Jake Eisenberg. Yeah, look, Ste- I might have Stepping to- it up. Six-star I might- hotel.
1: I know, I might have to fly out to Milwaukee. Wine and yeah, dine. Because like, I actually, I, I've, I've got a big date now with my wife tonight. So, um, I was I actually had to um, bail on the mistress this evening. So, mm, you know, these are the- Jealousy is a factor. <laughs> you know, and it was an easy choice, you know, after tonight. Derek didn't really deserve um, mm. the priority on this one. But look, Derek, honestly, though, has struggled with confidence in his career. Like, he's needed guys to- And people in his life to really instill confidence and instill belief in him, like Pop. He always talks about being a guy that instilled this in him. And how often have we been like, Derek White? Be aggressive. Be aggressive. We know you can do this. And like this season, it's been like the confidence has been insane. I did think that he still had a quick trigger tonight, which I thought was important. Was. He's been like he still wasn't like you know hesitant to, to shoot, um, but maybe like you know he's 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 hung his head a little bit and just lost a little bit of confidence, and so um, he'll find it again like uh, as he always does. But he has gone through these stretches uh, with the Celtics, both kind of playoff runs, and again as you said, this is this is life. You know, Tatum hasn't been a perfect player all season long. We have been due for Derek White to like not be perfect because he literally, like. Derek White being an, like, a legitimate all-star, not something that anybody saw coming. Like, uh, uh, maybe maybe we thought it was uh, possible, like, on the absolute fringes, but not, like, for him to have a real actual all-star case and be, like, a 17, 18 point per game guy on 50, 40, 90 while also being all-defense. Like, maybe, like, bring those expectations down just a tiny, tiny bit. But um, for him to be able to do that and operate in the pick-and-roll... <laughs> Yeah, look, maybe you gotta get over there and moisturize that beautiful bold dome. Time, thanks, Jimmy, and in the in the chat here. <laughs> um but yeah, I think but he he did have some nice pick and rolls late. I think I still trust him. Um he had a really nice uh play late getting getting downhill and uh and kicking out for a three. So I I still I still trust him. Uh, but it's definitely notable. Um and Derek and uh JJ Reck needs to to repent. Blood sacrifice, something, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and look is another reason why you got to subscribe to the channel because we're going to keep trying to put crazy stuff out there to try and yeah. reverse the jinx and, and repent, as you said, Jake, and, and try and get this thing turned around and get Derek White um, back back on track. But um, semi-related point or very related point is that Richard White, Derek White's dad, yeah. just confirmed he's coming back on the podcast uh, roughly this time next week, a week from now, so Thursday night next week uh, at about 8 p.m. live here on YouTube, Eastern Standard Time. So it's second appearance Look. on the show for... For, uh, for Ricky Dubs and uh, <laughs> no one's ever called him. Oh, <laughs> and we're well, yes, forward de- to him coming back. Well,
1: that's definitely <laughs> what I'll be calling Mr. White when he comes <laughs> on the Ricky Dubs. Welcome back, friend of the podcast. Look, if there's one way to turn around the curse is to get the, the man who created... Helped create, I should say, uh, the beautiful man that is that is Derek White. I mean, we're That's doing right. our best out here.
0: I know um, we're, we're doing our best. We're you know, doing I mean, everything
1: we can. Yeah, like we're really we're really trying. Like we're 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 small but, you know. We we punch above our weight as far as turning around <laughs> the Celtics fortunes, uh, where where possible. Like even even house money, uh, getting in on the action, two for five from three. Um, mm-hmm. He took one, just crazy ill-advised three like he, he made the two and then just sprint downhill fading to the right can over a contest i was like i respect it but uh you know let's uh let's ease up on that one luke cornet
0: the corn dog the corn hub corn hub <laughs> he like because there was a bit of uh our cornet double big going on early and i know that's kind of one of our least favorite you know big combinations or lineup but combinations. in this matchup
1: but in this matchup when they're mm. playing Towns and Reed, I was like, okay, Joe. I'm like, I, I, I can't give you full credit because you've just been going to this regardless at the moment. So I can't say that he did it because it was for the matchup, but it does work in this matchup when they're playing Nas Reed and Towns.
0: Mm. Yeah. And you we know, were talking about confidence and how it might be waning for Derek White. But for Luke, it seems like it's at an all-time high. And where that seems to be you know, most demonstrated is just his ability. It's simple stuff for a third string big, but just catching high and finishing at the rim early in the season. We saw it last year as well. Just didn't have the cool hands, Luke bad pun yeah. I apologize but just <laughs> didn't wasn't consistently able to catch the ball which is like a foundational skill for anyone who plays a sport let alone professionally uh, and he's just that alone his ability to be available for a dump off and then um, finish with high efficiency and then defend pretty well like kind of defend the rim not too bad great backpedaling if he does get um, brought out to the perimeter there by a, by a, a perimeter player um, definitely you know we go back to that buy-in it feels like Luke Cornett is really in sync with like what the team's overall Objectives are as well So that's great um, Speaking of Perfect human beings Al Horford oh, come on j- Just under 40% From three uh, For the season And you know These last couple of games Where we've not seen So much Paul Zingas, You know he was um, He was out uh, For one of the The Pacers games uh, Yeah One of the Pacers games Al Horford just continues To be the ultimate Like stepper-upper Uh, And is so efficient and just gives the team uh, what they need. And in this game, five assists, like just moving the ball, eight rebounds, only nine points, but like all massively impactful points. um, And defensively, really awesome late defensive possession on Cat, where it was that baseline out of bounds Mm -hmm. play. And it was just out to Cat, ISO on the free throw line to Cook and Hawford just completely shut him down. Cats in his prime. Horford's 37, arguably still in his prime, apparently. I was going to say, also
1: also still in his prime. I mean, Horford did. Firstly, I had Hor- I, Horford assists in my uh, same game parlay. Shout out, uh, FanDuel. That was a freaking lock, dude. Like, when Porzingis is out, you, you just know Big Al is bringing it. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the... Nikhil Alexander Walker cuts it to, or gets the lead to nine, and then I forgot they actually got it back to nine. Three minutes and like thirty-five seconds left, and then we come back down the other end, and Al Horford hits a massive three to cut it to six. With three minutes and twenty seconds to go, like this guy is just freaking nails clutch every game like and the defense of this guy played like how many he's he I mean he's definitely not playing tomorrow. Um I was like no. maybe hoping early when we had like a little bit of a lead like maybe um Horford will uh be able to get some rest and maybe they they stretch it and play him tomorrow but 38 minutes tonight yeah he's he's not playing tomorrow but he get but this is this is what he does he's like I'm emptying the tank I'm getting this Celtics team a win we're going to keep this undefeated home street going and it's just What do you need from him? And he's going to give it to you. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, Julius Rickles in the chat. I could see Al as a finals MVP. Who's to say, who's to doubt this man at this point? Like, who knows?
0: <laughs> Certainly one in all of our hearts, that's for sure. Um, I suppose as we look to try and wrap this up, Jake, yep. we should look ahead to tomorrow's matchup. I mean, less than, mm. much less than 24 hours from now. Uh, interestingly, so Jay King had this from Drew Holiday after the game, quote, mm. uh, we're a good team, we've beaten them before, referring to the Bucks, and I'm very confident that we have a good chance to beat them again. So to be able to go back to Milwaukee should be fun. I was there for three years and we did great things. But uh, now I'm on to better things, Jake. And then another quote from Drew after the game. Quote, we've been better than that. We've beat them before. I'm very confident that we have a good chance to beat them again. So, I think uh, to be able to go back to Milwaukee should be fun. Again, a place where I was there for three years and we did great things there. But I'm on to better things. Was that the same quote? The same same answer, but uh, different... Different wording. That's very annoying Based of me to of copy and paste the same quote <laughs> twice and read it out on the show live on YouTube. Got to <laughs> the key message there, I'm on to better things. Mm.
1: And I think, you know, objectively true. You it's know, a dig
0: though. It's a big dig oh, at the Bucks there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um the other Bucks are full strength tomorrow, I think. Dame is healthy, but he like might have the personal things. I just had, I just looked at the odds for tomorrow. Um, the Celtics for the second time all year are underdogs, um, and like pretty heavy underdogs here as well, um, plus five point five, and that's really? actually yeah. So I actually might get on that. I rarely, you rarely even get the chance to bet on the Celtics as an underdog, and mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man. I think the Celtics can win tomorrow. Like you're gonna, ha- I mean, the problem is we don't know about Porzingis. And so, like, do we think that the knee thing is actually a thing? Like, is is, is it or is it just the classic rest Al Horford, rest Porzingis flip flop on the back to back?
0: I don't know. Well, because- KP was out there warming up before the game. Tonight yeah, yeah. in the garden. And then Joe, apparently, I haven't seen the direct quote, said that he's not worried about the knee contusion thing. So that kind of, you know, reading between the lines there sort of reeks of yeah, just resting okay. him and interchanging our, you know, two elite ish bigs uh, for each game. And just looking at uh, Buck's Reddit here, there's a story from USA Today saying that Dame mm-hmm. is playing tomorrow versus the okay. Celtics. So they'll be full strength ish. That could be good. We'll be, we'll be without our, but we'll have a nice rested KP who the hopefully the eye is. Uh, is healed and you would imagine like obviously these guys are going to be tired the, the Celtics guys, right? Like they've just played overtime straight on a plane, I would imagine, to Milwaukee. Um, but the vibes on that plane are going to be absolutely insane after the, the nature in which they won this game. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, putting I my wonder money if, on the seas. I
1: wonder if they're um they're building in uh, any like potential of uh resting one of the J's like mm-hmm. that's why the line's so big because yeah, I think all of that goes to show so that the um, that KP's playing. So KP plays. What's the money line? Ty Coffee in the chat asks plus two hundred. So like I'm I'm going to be betting uh, one unit on the plus five point five, but I'll be sprinkling um, the money line as well. Because like, if you're telling me that you're getting Porzingis who's rested, and then you're getting the Jays, I I know they played an overtime game tonight, but I know Tatum, I know Jalen. If you're getting Derek White and Drew Holiday as well, like I I get that they're gonna be tired, but like this Bucs team fucking frauds, dude. Fraudulent. Mm -hmm. And like the pressure's gonna be all on them. This is like this is like a free roll for the Celtics. Like (laughs) no like like this game almost, you know, if they win, it's like a it's like counts for two. Like if you win this game after um playing an overtime game the night before, then having to fly to Milwaukee, you're missing Al Horford. The Bucks are full strength, like needing a win. And then the Celtics win, it counts for two. But if they lose, then it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, there's every excuse, like, like for what it means long-term uh, for like the matchup between these two teams, not worried about it. And then if this team was like a really gritty defensive team like if this was flipped right and we played the bucks tonight and we won in overtime and then we had to fly to minnesota and play the timberwolves mm-hmm. i would be like zero percent chance for winning that game
0: yeah like, don't even go
1: don't even bother <laughs> like rest rest everybody but the buck team is so fucking squishy like they just gonna you're gonna bully dame you're gonna bully malik beasley you're gonna bully chris middleton so like from that perspective that's i think that they can actually just like hang it could be a bit of a shootout um They're going to be motivated.
0: Like the Bucks, as terrible as they are, and as much as we despise them, second in the in the East there, and the opportunity to just add that five game cushion, uh, very enticing. But as you say, you lose. There's still a nice three game cushion. Uh, We have our easiest part of the schedule coming up in March. There was a I haven't got the exact quote here, but Tatum was like, "I got the He was like, "Oh, you got it."
1: Oh, uh, he was like, I keep hearing about how we've had the hardest schedule and we've got the easiest schedule remaining. Um, I'm waiting for that shit to start. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I retweeted him, like, just, brother, you got to wait till March and April. Cause I was like, yeah. I was like, I was I was like trying to figure out when the easy stretch was going to start too. Cause I'm like, it's not coming anytime soon. There's you here, oh, here's the guy. Don't worry, <laughs> That's brother. So good. But like, if we, if we get to March and April and like the last 20 games, it's like 11 of them are just against Pistons, Wizards, Hornets, two against the Hawks. Like it's, it, it gets really late. The, the Suns who stink, like the schedule gets pretty
0: light down the stretch. Maybe it's the Lamar Stevens uh, portion of the of the season there, Jake, where finally it's like, okay, this is what we got you for, like a, a starter-ish caliber player. We're going to roll you out here if you could just play most of the last 20 games at a at high minutes <laughs> load. That's what we pay you for. Is that the Jordan Walsh stretch? Oh, please, God. Please, God. That- Dude is a sniper from three in the G League, apparently, which is awesome to see. All right, well, look, we should probably leave it yeah. there. We love Walshie, but when we get to Walshie talk, it's usually it's a good indicator exactly. that we've, we've burnt through the run sheet. So, uh, Jake, any final remarks before we wrap this one up? Well, good comment from
1: Footnotes here. Brissette, the new Yana stopper. Did they Ooh. secretly rest Brissette tonight in preparation? Because I, 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 <laughs> I, I actually think Lamar Stevens is the, the Yana stopper. He's, he's sturdier. I think he's actually quite like fucking out of this world strong and so i i would i would be getting percent in there tomorrow just beat the crap out of them um holiday for 30 not a bad bet tomorrow uh yeah look i'm excited man i'm gonna be oh yeah so playback tomorrow Playback uh slash celtics blog i'm gonna put it in the chat here um we're handing out league pass codes i just realized um the person who won today i've forgotten who won So, I'm going to have to try and go back through the chat and figure out (laughs) who it is and give that to them. But we're handing out a free month of League Pass tomorrow. So, if you don't have League Pass, you've got a chance to win that. Um, And it's just good vibes. So, if you you didn't see the first uh, part of this show, rewind and um, you can see uh, what it's like in the playback show, just freaking out in the last minute of overtime. And uh, hey, man, 29 and 8.
0: Pretty good. Hell yeah. The vibes are great uh, here as they are in the playback room, playback.tv slash Celtics blog. Uh, so much fun. If you haven't joined that room already, I highly recommend it. And if you don't have League Pass, like Jake said, there's a giveaway going there. So well worth your time checking out. Thank you to everyone in the chat here live on YouTube. This has been great. All your comments. We read them all, whether it's live during the show or after the fact. So again, subscribe, leave your comments because we we read them all. They make us feel great. Most of them, a couple of Lakers fans getting their hands dirty there, but it's uh, it's always great to see your feedback. This has been another edition of Celtics Late Night. Until next time, see ya.